Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Mark Schoen. Mark, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Mark is a CFP and the president of Schoen Wealth Management. I'm excited to have you on. Mark, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. Well, thanks again uh, for having me. Yeah. So. We are a wealth management firm uh, founded in 2005, and we integrate financial planning and asset management for three main groups, entrepreneurs and professionals, couples and families, and then women of influence. To get to the why, which is the most interesting part, a a little history is is important here. So prior to opening my business in 2005, I actually worked for a money manager uh, in New York, and we called on advisors. And I, I love the people that I work with there, and I love my time there. But you're actually always one step removed from the end client. So you're making recommendations on how to position investment products to advisors, and then they're delivering those recommendations to clients. So you don't actually get to see the end result. Um, so what I really enjoy here is having the direct impact uh, that you have on people when you're an advisor. So it's always a, a pretty good uh, deal of satisfaction when someone decides to work with you because you know you're going to have a large impact and you see how it plays out over time. So it's that direct impact that really drives the why for me. Oh, I certainly um, appreciate that, yeah. Personal side, um, this is not that shocking, but I've always loved golf, <laughs> so I'm a big golfer. But we've actually parlayed that into um, that passion to a charity that we support. So we support a charity called Youth on Course. So it gives access to golf to youth, scholarship program, internships, caddy program. So I try to blend the, the having fun with uh, doing something good for people. And then uh, the part that usually people don't know about me is I'm also a drummer in a band. Nice. Um, so <laughs> so I'm, uh, uh, I, I, lo- I love music, and, and it's an important part, although we can't do any of it right now. Yeah, that is a that 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 is a bummer for sure. And your band is called Stage Fright. Stage Fright, and we spell it fancy F R I T E in the end, just to do that band do that band thing. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that's an awesome band name. So, as as you're going through the set list, Mark, what's uh what's what's your favorite song to play? Oh uh, well, you've got. I mean, the the song of the the song of the eighties is is the uh, living on a prayer with yeah. uh, with Bon Bon Jovi. So everyone sure. loves that. But we do something called a funky set, which is a, a montage of about twelve different songs. It lasts fourteen minutes, nice. and it's it's uh, it's like a big aerobics section. So I got to say that's that's probably our our go to uh, our favorite. Okay, so you guys play living on a prayer. That's not an easy song to do. We have a really good guitarist. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> we we just hold it down for for the talent. So All right. it's, it's been it's been fun. But we've been doing it same group of guys essentially since I was thirteen years old. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, how cool! Yeah, yeah very right. cool. Nice. 
All right. So you had the opportunity to to be working with advisors and advisors of all different shapes and sizes, good advisors, bad advisors, probably in the middle. And you obviously had the opportunity to, to structure your firm, Sean Wealth Management, however you wanted. How did you decide on, on the actual structure and how you wanted to approach client relationships? Yeah, so um, you, you kind of took the words right out of mouth of what we say. You know, we, I've seen good advisors, I've seen bad advisors, and everything in between. So we really tried to take what we thought was best, best practices for the firm. So to us, that meant integrating the financial planning part with the asset management um, part. And you want to make sure that you, you're putting those two things together um, so that you know where you're, you're, you're going. So um, planning in general and specifically around concentrated stock is not handled by creating some spreadsheet or a book that goes on the coffee table, but it's really about making smart decisions over time. So we want to make sure we have our ducks in a row and we're helping folks make those smart decisions. So we felt it was important to be fee-only uh, we felt it was important to um, be CFPs, um, went back and, and also got my certificate of taxation, which was grueling, but very, very helpful. Um, so we want to be versed in all the areas of, of planning because it's about ongoing collaboration with clients. And they come to us with all kinds of, of questions. Should I buy or lease the car? What do you think about my, my current mortgage? Should I do 15 years, 30 year interest only? Um, how do I integrate? executive compensation into my plan. Um, so it is holistic, holistic planning, and we're believers that there's no real such thing as good portfolios and bad portfolios per se. There are portfolios that fit what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. Um, so yes, you can structure portfolios well. It's important. There's things that you have to do well there, but it has to match what you're trying to do from a goal perspective. So that's, that's how we built it. Um, making sure we did the planning part um, first and that that goes to how a portfolio should be should be managed yeah I certainly appreciate that I think that to your point you know portfolio not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing but it could be awful for the wrong person and and, 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 and great for somebody else and understanding where it is that you're trying to get to and the timeline for it and all those different variables will then really inform um, the decisions that you're making along the way and I know that you do a lot of work with, and, and, and you already mentioned it, this, uh, this idea or this reality of concentrated stock wealth. So I'd love to hear more mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we work with a lot of executives and, and professionals, and particularly being out here near um, Silicon Valley and a lot of tech companies. People are having decisions that come out, um, come to them around, should I participate in employee stock purchase plan? I have restricted stock um, that's been granted to me. How do I think about that? Um, I have stock options. How do I know when to exercise those? Should I exercise and sell? Should I exercise and and, and keep those? So there are a lot of um, decisions that that have to be made, and it's really around time. Um, So they're time sensitive. They're usually tax sensitive. But one of the things that we look at is it's called – most of those plans are called executive compensation, right? Yeah. So it's considered part of your compensation, and what we're trying to do is transform the compensation to cash flow because people spend money, not returns. So we're applying 
um, how the timing and the time frame and the taxation, what's the net that's going to drop down to the individual, we're applying those to goals, short-term goals, intermediate goals, long-term goals. So it's really about trying to apply money um, to, to the goals that you're trying to achieve um, over the long haul. But there's a lot of decisions to be made around executive compensation, and it can be confusing. So one of the things we try to do is take all that confusion and all of those decisions and simplify it. Um, for our clients. And when you do that, you really have to coordinate with some other professionals as well. So we work really closely with the uh, uh, client's accountants. Um, if it has to do with, with you know, gifting or some of the other things, we work with estate planning attorneys for those strategies. So it's an overused term, but it's, I think it's true. We kind of quarterback that whole um, relationship and we fit it right into the overall financial plan for a client. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. And, you know, I p- putting myself in the shoes of some of these folks that you're talking about, they're probably working a lot of hours and probably probably have this enormous technical um, knowledge of, of, of whatever it is that they're doing. And then they've got these incredible stock options or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. how do I how, how how do I do this? How because I, I definitely don't want to screw it up. I, I don't want you know I, I don't want to mess it up. What are some of the risks that 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 that, that people run if if they're not paying close attention? Yeah. So the worst if you're dealing with stock options is they can actually just let things you know expire. Mm. Uh, I've seen it. <laughs> so I've seen where they have some value and you have some options that that expire. But the bigger the biggest uh, risk I think is really not maximizing or being as efficient. So we, we look at, uh, at two things that you want to um, have when you're dealing with, with stock options. You want to be um, effective, you want to be efficient, and you want to execute that well. So you want to be effective and efficient. Effective is what, do you, what is the purpose of that money? So if you think big picture, uh, there's only four things you can do with your money. Right? You can spend it. You can give it to your kids, you can give it to charity, or you can give it to the government. Mm-hmm. I've yet to hear anybody who wants to give it to the government, so we'll take the other three. There are different things you can do design-wise to get it to that end user that you want. So the first thing is you want to make sure that your, your executive compensation, concentrated stock, it's effective. It gets where you want it to go. The second part, which is goes to the mistakes, which is where you add, is what kind of things can you do to be the most efficient. And that has to do with tax strategy. So different con- the way that uh, concentrated stock comes to you, they have di- different tax ramifications. Um, you know, an employee stock purchase plan, if you exercise too early, you're gonna, you're gonna be in an ordinary income situation rather than capital gains. Um, in a stock option scenario, um, there is a time value of a stock option. So it becomes less and less valuable um, as time goes on, it's called time decay. So there's times to exercise, and you still may want to hold it, but you maybe should exercise a little bit earlier. So it's around time and tax and the efficient transfer of that wealth into whatever pocket you want it, uh, where you want it to end. You, your kids, charitable. Um, so those are the complexities and kind of the mistakes that folks tend to make. And it's, 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 a mistake of omission, if you will, because they just didn't take the time to look at it or they don't understand it or they haven't um, hooked up with somebody who can help them understand 
all the different ramifications of, of what's going on. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. How how different are these plans from company to company? Um, there are a lot of there's more similarities than than differences. Um, I would say the the differences more lie in the underlying company itself and the stability, the volatility, the liquidity. Um, that's where you get most of, of the differences. So some stocks are very Ill, um, illiquid. Some of them are an early stage where there's a lot of volatility and some are more established um, companies. So um, the actual structure of, of how people put these together are, are more similar than they are different. The one thing that we've seen over time is there used to be a lot more incentive stock option plans which can be tax advantage because it's capital gains treatment primarily. Um, Non-qualified options um, are not as tax advantaged um, and they don't have as much leverage, but so many people got in trouble with incentive stock options back in the, in the way back in the old dot, dot bomb days <laughs> where people would exercise and hold their shares and they had a huge tax bomb that hit them a year later because of alternative minimum tax, mm. then they own, they own shares that were worthless. So kind of as a protection mode, um, non-qualified stock options became a lot more popular than incentive stock options. But you still see them. You still see both. So um, I'm holding on to these, these, these incentive options that I think are hopefully going to be worth money in the future. And, and come tax time, I actually owe money on them, even though I have not exercised them. And then down the road, they're not even worth any money. That's, that's a suboptimal result for me. Yes. And what would happen is people would exercise, and then there was an AMT, alternative minimum tax, on the value between the strike price and the current price. Hmm. But you held the shares, so you were planning on paying for those later. I see. <laughs> and the later, you had nothing to pay them with. So, so there's, there's been some structural changes around plans where you have to pay the tax as you exercise, um, some, some of those types of things. So there's, there's been some, some adjustments. But you've got to be careful because um, tax law changes all the time, and, and you've got to stay on top of it. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. Well, it sounds like, um, it sounds like you do a good job of, of sort of reframing how people are looking at these things from being abstract sort of concepts. Oh, it's these options I have and it's some point in the future to looking at it as these are going to help you to realize what your actual goals are and how do we turn it into money, which can then help meet those goals in the short term, the midterm and the long term. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly right. It, it is, um, it is compensation, and you're trying to realize that compensation in the most effective way, in the most efficient way. Got it. I certainly appreciate that. And this also applies to not not necessarily people that have um, some kind of stock option, but just people that, that are maybe entrepreneurial small business owners, and a lot of their net worth is tied up in the fact that they own a company. That's correct. That's correct. So yeah, there's a, there's a couple things you try to do build around. Is one in in the investable portfolio around that, you want to make sure that you have some offsets um, uh, to the to the portfolio so that you don't get industry concentration, um, unintended unintended correlation of businesses, right? So what happens a lot is, is and and if you take it to 
you know, someone who owns a public stock, it's like their paycheck comes from there, and their incentive stock options are there, and their employee stock purchase plan. So if something happens poorly with that company, everything is affected. So it's, it's very similar with a, with a small business owner, and we actually work with folks. Those are mostly illiquid-type positions, but it's important to take a look at succession planning. Um, what's the exit strategy for that business? Is it an internal succession? Is it an external purchase? How do you structure things tax-wise uh, so that you can do that the most efficiently? So it's just part of the of this of a very similar comp, um, situation that you have working at a public company, but you just have some different tax situations and liquidity concerns with with a private company. But you can employ many of the same strategies. Got it. I certainly appreciate that. Nice. Well, Mark, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, so. I think I'll set this up a little bit to say most people do business planning um, every year, and when they do that annual planning, they write things down, um, you know, usually November time frame to kind of prepare for the next year, and a lot of times they put it in the shelf or put it in a file, and they don't look at it. So my difference-making tip is to actually keep this front of mind every day. So this is something that I do. Literally with the first cup of coffee each day, I read through my personal and professional goals. I do it every morning. So I do it electronically. I use a system called Todoist, and it's just it's a it's a list of things I have to do for the day. So I have a repeating task, um, and I do it every single day of the week. And I read through those goals and objectives. It keeps it top of mind. Um, it's consciously, you know, in front of me in the moment moment, but it also sticks with you subconsciously. Um, throughout the day. So look at every, every day and it's top of, top of mind. It's very much like, I look at it as like hitting the navigation in your car when you get in. You know where you're going, but you still hit the navigation. I just want the mindset there that I know where I'm going every day. What, what are the big picture things that are going to feed into my day? So I do it every morning. Like there's great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. I, I think that's awesome. I think the, the more we can keep important things like that top of mind that obviously the better but then i love how you've automated automated it so that uh so that you get that reminder because it's not always easy to remember to do important stuff that's exactly right (laughs) well i love it well mark thank you so much for coming on where can savage nation learn more about you and how can they engage with you yeah you bet so the best spot's the web the website so it's uh, shownwealth.com and we have all of our information, contact information there. You can reach us there. And also right now we, we do have uh, right on the, uh, on the uh, front page there, there's a spot to register for our Concentrated Wealth Seminar, which is going to take place – or webinar, I should say. That's going to take place on September 10th at noon Pacific time. So um, that's the best spot to get us. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to shownwealth.com. That's S-H-O-N-E, wealth.com. Check out all the great resources. You can also register for the, the webinar on September the 10th, which will go over probably a lot more in depth that uh, stock options, concentrated stock wealth that we were talking about today. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? 
not saving enough money, any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.